few years ago, I saw a huge gap in the market for an app that was like a cycling coach, but in your pocket. I knew that AI was ultimately going to be the best coach in the world. And I spent about two years of my life trying to make this app happen. Unfortunately for me, it didn't happen. But ever since then, I've kept a really close eye on this space to see if anyone else could succeed where I failed. The Breakaway app caught my attention a couple of months ago because Christian Vandeveld, yep, the Christian Vandeveld who came forth in the Tour de France, is one of the co-founders. And it seems that the Breakaway have created the ultimate cycling training companion and they're bringing low-cost coaching to the masses. You'll know from listening to the podcast that my pet peeve is when cyclists head out the door with no plan, no goal, and just roll around without an objective. Don't be that guy! The Breakaway app looks at all your historic training data and it builds a plan around your strengths and weaknesses so you're always going to have the perfect session. They also have integrations which I'm really excited about. Whoop and Aura Ring. The reason I've previously ditched my wearables is because the data just wasn't informing my training. No longer the case. Head on over to roadmantrial.com and you can download their app for free. That's roadmantrial, R-O-A-D-M-A-N-T-R-I-A-L.com and download the app for free. The link to this is in today's show notes. This is episode 769 of the Roadman Cycling Podcast. Today I want to talk to you about the important topic of preventing injuries. Let's cue that intro. Welcome to the Roadman Cycling Podcast. My name is Anthony Walsh. Six days a week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey towards health, happiness, and longevity. Now let's get into the show. Roadman, welcome back to another Roadman Podcast. It's something that's not sexy and we don't want to talk about it or even acknowledge it's a reality until it strikes, getting injured. We all know that staying injury-free, it's crucial for our performance, our longevity and our enjoyment on the bike. I've seen so many people that use the bike as almost self-medication, a prescription for their mental health, and then an injury comes along and it's honestly not a good place. I've seen friends that are in the form of their life teammates and they push just a little bit too hard past that edge and break down all the long hours and all that sacrifice, the dietary restrictions, in the blink of an eye, absolutely lost. So I want to take a closer look at strategies that will help us to maintain our health and keep avoiding falling off that cliff edge that I mentioned. As the days get longer and we're getting a little bit more sunshine, our average weekly duration goes up. And I can see this across people I follow on Strava, my training buddies, my coaching clients, and even myself. More sunlight equals more hours riding for most people. But to do this, you need to ensure that firstly, you're biomechanically sound. And that all starts with finding a reputable bike fitter who can analyze your riding style, your body proportions, your changing flexibility. A professional bike fit, it's going to take into account stuff like your saddle height, fore and aft position, handlebar reach, cleat alignment. Don't guess these things because the cost is just too high. I've previously used to head up the mountains when Alan Key and, you know, kind of go, oh, that feels good. That doesn't feel so good. But the technology has just evolved so much that it's so easy to get a bike fit and take all the guesswork out of it. A well-fitted bike not only improves comfort, but it also reduces stress on joints, tendons, muscles. Let me run through why some of these are important. 
Adjusting your saddle height correctly may prevent knee pain and overuse injuries. When your leg is fully extended with a slight bend in the knee at the bottom of the pedal stroke, you're going to achieve optimum power transfer and that's going to reduce the stress on the knees. When I'm rolling around out training or even, you know, you're watching cyclists going past in the other direction, I'm constantly looking at riders and analysing their positions and it amazes me how many people are getting saddle height so massively wrong, normally on the high side. Secondly, your bike fitter is going to look at proper handlebar reach and position because this is going to prevent a lot of discomfort and numbness in your hands, wrists and shoulders. Experimenting with different handlebar widths and stem widths and positions to find that setup that suits your body and your riding style because some of us like to ride low and pro super aero when others have you know, a tendency to be a little bit more upright. So your riding style needs to be taken into account in this as well. Correct cleat alignment is also important, and this is going to ensure that you have a proper foot placement. It's going to prevent knee injuries and ankle issues. You'll see some people are a little bit bow-legged on the bike. If you look at them from behind, their heel either kicks in or out. That's a sure sign they've got cleat position wrong. Pay attention to factors like the fore and aft cleat position, the float and the alignment of the cleat with your natural foot angle. But please remember, just because you had a bike fit two years ago, a doesn't mean you're covered now it's not like oh i got my measles mumps and rubella vaccine when i was four i'm set for life a bike fit isn't like that it's not a one-time event your flexibility is going to change your fitness is going to change your riding goals and styles are going to change so those periodic adjustments may be necessary do regularly reassess that bike fit to ensure it remains optimum for your changing evolving needs as a rider Okay, so let's say you have that boxed off. Biomechanically, you're sound. Bike position is nailed. The second area I think you need to be putting some attention on to make sure you stay injury-free all year round is a strength and conditioning plan. I'm chatting to experts, you know, every day of the week of a brilliant podcast coming up in a couple of weeks' time with Cynthia Turlow. I think she's like 14 million views on her TED Talk. And she's talking about longevity. And one of the key bats she just kept hitting me over the head with was strength and conditioning, strength and conditioning. It's important for so many aspects. And staying injury-free on the bike is one of them. Strength and conditioning exercises, they are paramount for injury prevention, but also for optimizing performance. In season as we are now some of the key areas i'll be focusing on are core strength because this stabilizes your body it improves power transfer and enhances your overall bike control so you could include exercises like and put throw these into youtube and you'll find them and on the roadman youtube channel which we're going hard on but some of our old school content is strength and conditioning exercises so if you google that on youtube you'll find it easily but i would include stuff like planks russian twists stability ball rollouts and pilates there's loads of cool pilates movements as well and Adrian uh, yoga with Adrian I think it's called on YouTube is a brilliant series as well all aimed at improving that core strength secondly hip stability and glute strength weaknesses in the hip and glute muscles they can contribute to poor alignment knee pain and lower back issues so to address this I'd incorporate exercises like clamshells lateral band walks single leg squats hip thrusts and that's going to strengthen those crucial areas lastly i'd look at upper body strength and you don't need to go totally wild on this and be smashing a bench press four days a week especially in season but having a strong upper body and stable shoulders that's going to be beneficial for bike handling especially if you're someone who's riding off-road gravel mountain bike or if you're somebody who's a sprinter and you want to get that maximum full gas sprint out when you're fully committing to it. Because for most of us, the, the limiter on sprints, it's not actually our physiological cap. 
It's our confidence to get that effort out. And that's why you'll see more people will put out higher power on what bikes than they will when they're out on the road. That's a stability and strength issue. So incorporating exercises like push-ups, rolls, shoulder presses, and resistance band work, that's going to all build that upper body strength and stability. Now, the last major tweak I think you should be making to stay injury-free, it's recovery. Many of us think that when we jump off the bike in the day, especially in the summer, you know, you come home, you've shorts, jersey on, get an ice cream on the way home and you kick it back on the patio, the back garden, the couch, whatever it is. You think the job is done as soon as the session is over, but it's not. Yeah, maybe that's 75% of the job done, but 25% of it remains. That's the recovery part because recovery and self-care practices, they're vital for injury prevention and overall well-being. We push our bodies to the limit, especially if we're doing intervals and we're hitting it hard every day of the week. Like I'm using the breakaway app at the moment and it's pushing me super, super hard. I need to recovery. I need to let the body heal. The low-hanging fruit on recovery is allowing sufficient time for rest and recovery between intense sessions or racing, not overextending. Like I rode the Wicklow 200 at the weekend. I took Monday completely off and I took Tuesday super easy and Wednesday I just got back into it. So incorporate active recovery days in. They involve lighter, lower intensity rides or other lower intensity uh, activities like swimming, like yoga, stuff that's going to promote blood flow, loosen muscles, that's all going to aid recovery. Other bits you can keep an eye on when we talk about recovery is sleep. Quality sleep is a critical component of any recovery process because during sleep, your body repairs and rebuilds, it balances hormones and restores energy levels. Aiming for seven to nine is optimal normally, but if you're in a hard training block, you need to start pushing the sleep more towards the nine end and even add naps in during the day. If you can get nine hours of uninterrupted sleep each night and establish a consistent sleep routine, that's going to give you a massive edge on recovery. Proper nutrition is also, you know, we've heard it said many times, it's the foundation of optimum health. And it really is the foundation of optimum performance and recovery. Focus on consuming. There's so many fad diets, isn't there? And I'm exploring this on the podcast all the time with conversations around keto. And I can't settle on a consensus of information that tells me that I should move across to that now. So the best advice now in the absence of a dietary philosophy of your own is focusing on consuming a balanced diet, which is rich in whole foods, lean proteins, healthy fats, and abundance of fruits and vegetables. Adequate hydration is also critical to support your body's recovery process. I also like to include something I call bodywork sessions, and I do these quite passively. When Sarah's watching TV in the evening, I'll jump up and I'll start stretching or I'll start foam rolling or I'll pull out the massage gun. I had a podcast a couple of weeks ago on massage gun versus compression boots. I still don't own a set of compression boots. I'm still rocking away with the massage gun. But all that is going to help to release muscle tension, improve flexibility, and again, enhance recovery. The important thing with all of this is to remember each of us is unique. We have different abilities to absorb training. We recover at different speeds. So you need to listen to your body's signal. If you're experiencing consistent pain and discomfort or lack of motivation specifically, that's a sign that you're overtraining and you need to pull back a little bit. Or maybe on the extreme end, you need to seek guidance from a sports medicine professional or physiotherapist. By and large, I think if you listen to those early signs that your body is giving you, you interpret those signals, you rest when needed, and you use the strategies I've talked about today 
you're going to get more bang for your training sessions and you're going to have more speed for less training. Roadman, this is a topic I'm super passionate about, so you probably will hear me beating this drum over and over again in different guises in the coming months. We're in season now. Most people are racing, racing, racing. Don't forget to add recovery. Race, recover, race, recover. Roadman, have a great day. Ride safe. Love you all. Chat tomorrow.